Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison on this side of the camera. And on the other side, joining us from Utah is Aaron Markham. Aaron, good day to you. How are you doing? Good to see you. I'm actually well, in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. he's in Idaho, but uh, it's good to know he's got a new book coming out. It's not coming out till, uh, what's the date in February? February 21st is the date. All right. So February 21st. Um, and it's called Entree Thrive. And I pronounced that right. That's right. Yeah, that's and right. it's the entrepreneur's eight laws to eliminating unhealthy stress, flourishing personally and creating the good life. And we're going to be talking about that. And I want to let our listeners know a little bit about you because it's always good to kind of tee it up with that, Aaron. And so over the span of more than 20 years, Aaron has founded and scaled award-winning multi-million dollar companies that have positively impacted the lives of thousands uh, throughout North America. His entrepreneurial journey began in healthcare. It was in the second startup that Aaron's visionary leadership changed and the trajectory of his home care industry and positively impacted thousands of lives of entrepreneurs, and millions of seniors that were under their care. He founded the Best of Home Care award-winning program and created an innovative benchmarking and performance platform, now the recognized standard in the industry. Prior to these groundbreaking programs, no framework existed to measure the quality of in-home care. Aaron is the recipient of numerous awards, recognizes leadership, vision, and service. He's been a sought-after national speaker since 2006 and enjoys empowering his audience to make positive changes in their personal and professional lives. And I will say that, like me, he is an avid cyclist. And he has six children. So if you go to his website, uh, entrethrive.com, that's E-N-T-R-E-T-H-R-I-V-E.com, there you can get more information about his company, his organization, uh, his book, his upcoming book. You can pre-order it as well. So I'd like all of you to, we'll put that in the blog. So Aaron, if you would, you know, let's start this off because I know if we keep our attentioners, listen, listeners' attention for the first 14 minutes, we get it for the rest. So let's kick That's this right. off with a punch. Uh, if you tell our listeners a little bit about your personal journey, which we just talked about a bit, um, but also define what you mean. I watched a few videos of you, um, Instagram videos, where you're talking about the good life for an entrepreneur. And you're yeah. out in the woods in both of these videos speaking about it uh, and saying the good life. And we, we hear it, and it's an Aristotle term that you mentioned. Yeah. And I want you to kind of define that for the listeners and why you think this is available to everyone and why you're so jazzed about it. All right. I appreciate it, Greg. Good to be here. I'm excited to talk to you about this. And I'm super passionate about the topic, obviously. Um, but yeah, my background, and we'll go right into the good life because it ties right in. So I've been an entrepreneur for 
20 plus years, uh, 2002, I, I launched my first in-home care business and uh, grew that. I, I, I didn't know a lot about what I was doing, you know, as an early entrepreneur, but I believed I could figure things out, you know, back then. I had a lot of confidence um, in myself and 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 uh, in, in what we could do as a team and so forth. And but in the in the healthcare space, and uh, you know, in particular the in-home care space, it can be exhausting as well. It's a very emotionally charged um, industry because you're taking care of others. And then over time, I. I, you know, like all entrepreneur experience burnout, I remember the first three years of that company, I got to a point where I either had to close the business or I had to figure something else out and run, run a better business. Cause I was coming home. I had four kids at the time. I have six now, but four kids when, you know, when I was feeling this coming home, having dinner with my family, going back to the office to like one or two in the morning. Right. And trying to just have that hustle. And I was, I was exhausted. And so I figured some things out even back then on, on running a better business and, and living a better life. I've always been fascinated with well-being and how to improve that. And I, uh, I ended up selling that business in 2009, launching another business based upon an idea of measurements and data analytics for the, for that industry, for the home care industry, you know, taking care of seniors and so forth launched it kind of pioneered this new idea and concept and it was amazing it honestly changed an industry over the over the next several years um raised the standards i ended up half you know going around and speaking all over the country but that was 2009 between 2012 and 2015 i was running into a wall and i was really struggling as an entrepreneur we were growing externally looked like we were flourishing I was barely making payroll because we we're growing so fast that I was really hard to keep up with that growth. And, mm -hmm. and so a lot of stress, a lot of things were happening there. And so 2015 hit that wall completely. Um, we have, we have pictures that we share in some of our presentations of me in 2015. I did not look good. I, I was, I was really struggling. And then 2016, I truly believe someone can accelerate to the good life fairly quickly if they really put their, their whole heart into it. So speaking of cycling, April 2016, I was already kind of investing in my health, going to the gym, um, physical health, but also my mental mindset. I was stepping more away from the business, letting go of my business. That was also the year that we implemented the EOS operating system you know, as well. And we just started making all these changes, but more importantly, I was making some real internal changes to how I um, ran my business. I let go and allowed people to really do the how rather than me trying to figure it all out. But April did you start, 2016. Did you, yeah. Did you start yeah, your please. meditation? Did you start your meditation practice in 16? Not in 16. That came mm -hmm. a couple of years later. Okay, well, that's I, I struggled with meditation you, even that's then. Probably when you saw some of the bigger changes, huh? I did. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. And even more so, I've really gone all in in the last two or three years with my meditation, and it's been, it's been life changing for me. And so, yeah, but you know, it's a it's a crawl, walk, run. I talk about this in the book. Is that often we try to run so fast that we first have to crawl. 
and then we walk and that comes from the the famous um quote from from martin luther king if you can't fly then run if you can't run then walk if you can't walk then crawl but whatever you do keep moving forward and Well, I, you I premise used, the book on that well, and you use a great example in the book. It's a parallel, but uh, you're obviously an outdoorsman. You like outdoor activities, and you went on this Alaskan rafting trip. And I'd like for you to speak about the correlation between Yeah. your rafting trip and the entrepreneur life. Because, hey, look, there's all kinds of uh, rough waters you run into during rafting. I've done it. I've I've done, I think... fours i don't think i've done fives maybe i've done fives i don't know but talk about that because that that was great how you started the book to give the reader an understanding of what it's like to be an entrepreneur Yeah. You know, and it ties to that whole um, phase. Like when I talk about my 2012 to 2015, that is so correlated with my Alaska trip. So a few months ago, that wasn't even that long ago, August of 2023, uh, I went on this epic Alaska trip and not a usual typical Alaska trip that you hear about these days where you go and stay in a lodge and you, like you have a guide. I went with these six intense, like they've all been um, outdoorsmen. And we did a 55 mile float down the Alaska tundra fishing trip where we had to get dropped off by a float plane in the middle of nowhere and survive for the next seven days and, you know, tear down, take, you know, our camp every day. And the first couple of days of this trip, even though we've got rained on and there were some challenges, it was, it was amazing. Cause I still had that energy. I was super excited about this trip. And so even with some of these challenges, I just kind of pushed my way through it and catching fish, decent amount of fish during that part of the river. It was a smaller tributary the first couple of days. So I could cast, I, you know, fly fishing. I am not the best at it per se, but you know, I love to do it. And my, the, the team or the group I was with, they're, really good at it. And so when we got into the very wide river, about three times as wide, I had a hard time casting into it. So days three and four were really challenging. Rain poured around us. Um, it got very windy on the third day where we were dealing with, we're trying to go up river in about 50, 60 mile an hour winds. And they had storms last year, if you remember in Alaska, and there were trees, like we came three or four weeks after these storms and there were trees in the river we had to navigate. It was very difficult. Broke my rod in those first, those three or four days. Um, but that's like the, the entrepreneurial journey is like when we first start, we have that energy. We're all in, we're excited about it. Even with some of the challenges that might come, we kind of push through it. But we, but around the corner are those days three and four, right? And that's really where it's, where it's maybe cash flow may not be there. There's um, team issues, there's people issues, there's all kinds of challenges. And days three and four can be experienced throughout an entrepreneur's journey. Um, but when we got into days five and six, we are finally closer to the ocean where we were in the epic salmon fishing. And I was catching 35, 40 salmon, these big, you know, big fish, those, those two days. Did the rain stop? No, not really. It was Yeah. still raining. The wind did die down a bit, got a little easier that way. The trees were still there. We were still navigating through it. 
but we are finally into the epic fishing. And that's so much like the entrepreneur's journey is that the challenges never really stop. But my mindset did, you know, I was, you know, financial freedom, I think in the, those days, five and six, that's part of that, that epic fishing, you're catching all these fish, you're experiencing success in your business, still dealing with challenges, but it does change. And, and one point I make in the book, though, is that if we're not careful, we can also struggle in days five and six. If I were I, focused on I the think, rain. Though, when, I think, though. Aaron, when you start off your entrepreneur journey, like you started off this Alaskan trip, nobody really knows what to expect. Yeah. So those first few days may be a little uncomfortable, but then you got down to the middle of the trip and the trees and the wind and the rain and not catching fish and breaking your fly rod and all that. Those are the challenges you get up against. And then you get to the other side of that because you address those issues just like an entrepreneur and you start to be more comfortable with the journey, yeah, right? You start really to understand how to navigate the waterways and the journey and the rafts and the boats and all that. And, you know, I want you to speak about, because that's a great correlation, but you're also an avid reader. And I can tell that I look at your bookcase behind you, you used to be an EOS facilitator, uh, implementer. I get that. And so you have a ton of knowledge behind you about helping businesses get out of these quagmires. But there was a book in there that I think made a big impact on you. And it was Martin Seligman's book called Flourish. Mm -hmm. And he used an acronym called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Yeah. And this acronym is very powerful and dovetails into the eight laws that you speak about in Entree Thrive. And what I like to do is have you kind of address that for the listeners, because I, f I felt like in the book, this was kind of a key point for you. One yeah. of the key, you admit you have a lot of many good points. Yeah. But well, thank you. Talk about so, that. Yeah, PERMA. So Martin um, was my professor. Actually, after I exited my last company, I went all into positive psychology and, um, Thought, you know, when I say all in really next level stuff, like not just reading books about it, but I went and was accepted into the, the top program in the world, master of applied positive psychology at UPenn. Um, Dr. Martin Seligman, he's the top psychologist of the last decade, very well known father of positive psychology. About 25 years ago, he came up with that acronym. And, uh, and I learned, I learned directly from him as my professor about PERMA and PERMA stands for positive emotions, engagement. So the P is positive emotions. E is engagement. R is relationships. M is meaning. And A is accomplishments. Mm -hmm. and, and when those things are working together and I, and the laws that I put, that I have in the book, I'll correlate with PERMA. When those things are working together, our well-being is enhanced. And the reason Martin started the kind of this movement, I mean, huge movement of positive psychology was because traditionally psychology was more reactive, behavioral kind of based up until that point. And he got tired of reacting as a psychologist. He's the one who also came up with learned helplessness, had a lot of breakthrough moments even before positive psychology. 
And, but he got to that point where it's like, we have to stop being reactive and be proactive. And so PERMA is the proactive way of handling our behaviors and handling mm. our lives and thriving regardless of circumstance. Positive psychology is the science of well-being that studies how, why do some people thrive and why do some people don't? And when I went through the program, I asked the question, why do some entrepreneurs thrive and why do some entrepreneurs don't? And that's what the book answers. Yeah, and that's really an important point. And I think thrive and flourish. Uh, yeah. The book is called Flourish. And for all my listeners, you know, you might want to check that one out as well. I, mean, yeah. I know we're really talking good. about your book, but uh, it could be a good one for anybody's interested to learn more. And, you know, you speak about the fact that most entrepreneurs struggle with a lack of vision. Look, as, a, as an implementer, I get you know that. And that is true because they kind of lose their way along the way somewhere. Um, yes. They may have had a vision, but the reality is all those broken trees and things you had to navigate along the way took all their energy. And we're talking about energy management here. Uh, that's a really big factor. Um, and you say that their direction and therefore they don't have any clarity. Can you address the importance of the law of how you help entrepreneurs get clear? Also address what you call your guiding truths and the nine areas that one should examine in their life, you have at your website, I want to mention this to my listeners, you have the Truth Builder that you can go to Entree Thrive, E-N-T-R-E-T-H-R-I-V.com forward slash guiding truths. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a, a worksheet they can download. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And we can also make sure in the show notes, we actually created, um, made that worksheet available to just your listeners and I believe, um, Megan, and we'll get, make sure what that gets in the show notes, but it, okay. uh, it, uh, it, it has your, um, specific audience in mind. And so we'll, we'll make sure, uh, that link is sent over to you, but you can also get to it, get to it there. Uh, the guiding truths really are the beginning, what I call the crawl part of the clarity law is that's the first law of Entre Thrive is this Entre Clarity and getting clear on your guiding truths. For years, I've had my guiding truths, which, for example, are uh, my mind is at peace. My actions reflect character. Uh, my family receives of my time. These are, these are truths that I want to be true about myself at all times. I lost sight of that again between 2012 and 2015, and things started falling apart for me. I had my guiding truths before that, which is really interesting. It's just on my wall, on a canvas, and I still do in my office, my, my actual office in town. I'm at home right now, but that's those truths have guided me and really guided me on my creating my core values for my companies. Um, they all tie together. And with those guiding truths, then we can lean in and you'll appreciate this, Greg, being a cyclist is I use the term breakaway in that, in that law mm -hmm. breakaways in cycling is when you are leaving the pack, right. And you're, 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 you're creating a gap between you and the other riders often best done with a team with your most important relationships. Right. And an entrepreneur has to have that team around them, be able to make that break, but, but guided by your guiding truths which, you know, is really, really important. And so the truth, the, the guiding truth um, tool just asks some poignant questions on um, what's, you know, some of the most important things to them, their values and so forth, driving what people, you know, you know, it has the question about, you know, 
what, uh, what do you want people to say about you? What, you know, just, just about, I think there's about 10, nine or 10 questions that we ask to help them get to their guiding truths. Well, you know, you talk about the breakaway narrative and I, you know, to me, that's what is the positive self-talk, right? Cause like, yeah. if you're going to go on a 200 mile bike ride, like you have is this La Torre jaw is that how they say it is that loaded jaw yep loaded jaw which is a one day 200 mile cycling uh it's not just an event it's a race there's a difference between going on a cycling 100 mile cycling event or 200 uh and having it be a race this is a race uh and you've done this thing what six times i've done it five times and completed it four times and i'm going to do it my sixth time this year Okay. So So people get that, you know, you are a competitive guy. Um, You wouldn't be doing that if you weren't, but talk with us about the self-talk, how to change or create our breakaway narrative, because for people to get to this next level of success, no matter what it is, uh, success or significance in life, there has to be some breakaway narrative. Yeah. You know, again, the breakaway is, is and the narrative behind it like let's first start with the narrative and different from like we we hear what's the story you're telling yourself well that's the narrative the narrative is really the story right and and how we're that that kind of talk that we're telling ourselves whether we frame our past in a positive light or we frame in 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 a negative light that really frames the narrative of what we're telling ourselves and so often we have to adopt a new identity and, and speaking of cycling and, and for my own breakaway, literally, it, it, you know, that first year when I did Lotus Jaw, I never had cycled before. I ordered my bike in April, 2016, five months later, I did the race. And so I had to t- take on a new identity for myself. And that identity was, I am an endurance cyclist. I had to tell myself that. Now, no identity is any good if we don't follow it up with action. And I make that point in the book is like, don't take on an identity that you're not willing to like bring on and take action on. And so I had to train harder than I had ever trained for anything in my life. And I had to go all in with this new identity. But, but also when I would talk to people and I would tell them what I'm doing. I would tell them I'm an endurance cyclist. I was bringing on that identity, not just a cyclist, but for a 200 mile bike race, I had to kind of live that. And that made a world of difference and helped me believe that I could do this, that I could actually achieve something that a few months earlier just seemed impossible to me. Mm-hmm. And I did, I, I finished it that first year, but also with a great team around me to help me help me do that so well yeah. congratulations on that and yeah. also the breakaway narrative i think for the listeners you know um that is so important and one of the things you know i've had stephen kotler on here we've talked about flow flow genome project we've talked tons of of things regarding curiosity um curiosity is at the forefront before someone's purpose uh and their mission and their vision and then their goals, right? So you speak about curiosity as the hallmark of creative people. And you actually cited many people in the book. You mentioned that creativity and entrepreneurship go hand in hand. Totally agree. Um, If if you're not curious, you're probably not going to be, I would say, an entrepreneur. 
Can you tell the story about your sister-in-law and how she uses curiosity uh, to really create this world-class business? Um, I I thought it was a great story. It is a great story. So my my sister-in-law and my brother, uh, they are chrislovesjulia.com is I'll shout out to them, but they, uh, they started one of the most premier uh, DIY blogs, you know, really in the world, they have quite the following. I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar uh, with them, but they didn't start off that way is that, is that Julia um, recognized in herself that she had this creative, she's very uh, artistic, and she had this creative um, mind and loved to decorate and loved to kind of work on this. And they were not necessarily, I mean, fairly newlyweds. They'd only been married for a, for a little while. And she started creating a blog that really only included family members. But she just every day would post to the blog and create things with her home. And she allowed that creativity just to kind of just elevate and elevate. And I talk about kind of that process in the book. But over time, more and more people started following. And then she started having some reach out, companies reach out and want to sponsor. And which was a new, this is like many years ago. And that kind of sponsorship was fairly new um, for DIY bloggers. They were kind of a pioneer in that, in that space. But then it just kind of unfolded from there. And now they've got millions of followers. Yeah. And it all started with creativity. I mean, that was like, and her focus on that. And it just showed in her product and the way she kind of interacted along with my brother, of course. Well, for people, it's Chris Loves Julia. I just went there while we were talking. And it's interesting because one of my clients, actually makes and designs for McGee and company, uh, which literally is, there was a um, television series about this couple uh, in in Utah that have this amazing house. And and very good friends with Chris and Julia. I'm sure they are because they're endorsed (laughs) by the furniture there. So go check it out because it is quite a business that they built. Now, and you speak about deep thriving session. We talked about meditation just a tad, the fact that your meditation has gotten more intense lately, Um, but you call it a deep thriving session. I like that uh, because meditation is kind of overused. And how has this changed your life and the lives of your clients if you're actually teaching uh, or advocating for them to do this? Not everybody's going to do it, but let's right. say you're advocating for, I like what you did is you changed meditation to deep thriving session. <laughs> yeah. 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 My deep thriving session, <laughs> it's meditation, but it's also journaling. It involves journaling. It involves right. gratitude, um, leaning into those thoughts and feelings. It, it, and it, the reason it's in the in the creativity law is that to me it promotes creativity in me and create in my creative genius. It kind of um, elevates that when I do that, you know, in any given day, and allows me to create personally and professionally things that maybe I wouldn't have been able to create otherwise. And so I use a meditation practice called sky meditation. It's um, the art of living center uh, uh, teaches this not as well known. I think it's a great meditation for entrepreneurs. It's a breathing meditation. 
if you do the all in, it's about a 35 minute meditation. Sometimes depending on the day, I might shorten that, but uh, it's really helped me focus my of, mind and creativity. Is it kind of more air? Aaron, like a somatic breathing? Yes. 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 They're yeah. very deep for my listeners who haven't experienced it or for those that have. Um, somatic breathing is a real life term users, people that are become certified in helping people do there. And I know you we've probably got some uh, Winhof listeners here too. So if you're doing yeah, cold it's plunges, similar to Winhof. Yeah. So if yeah. you're doing the Winhof and it's the, through the nose and you're, you're really it's this uh <laughs> you know and it's it, it it's it's even using some of your throat in your breathing mm -hmm. um which uh helps deepen it even more and and it's it's a it's a great and there's 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 certain levels to it and you know it's um and i strongly recommend if you really want to learn more about it go to the art and living center i, I spent two and a half days learning this meditation in boone north carolina and it was transformational for me well you said it was life transforming for you and i think yeah for the art of living, we'll put a link up for people that would like yeah, to go there. I think, I think Regardless of where you are, you can get so much of this is available to you to make your entrepreneur experience the good life. Yeah. Uh, and I right. think that doing these kind of things help you clear, you know, for the Buddhists have talked about for years, the monkey mind. Well, you don't always get rid of the monkey mind, but you learn how to live with it and kind of coexist with it because my wife and I are talking this morning about, oh, when we wake up, you know, it's like all of a sudden, all these things about what you have to do today start spinning around. But if you start with a meditation first thing in the morning, you can calm that and you can live with it so much easier so that it's not taking so 100%. much energy. Um, the other thing is to record what it is you have to do and just write it down this morning. I recorded all the stuff in Notion. So I think there's some simple things, gratitude journal, journaling, uh, meditation, uh, cold plunges, walks in the woods, walks in the beaches, yeah. bicycle rides, anything that basically takes your mind away from this constant chatter and puts it into what I would call a flow state as quickly as possible. So, you yeah. know, you speak to listeners about the character strength survey and identifying character strengths. And you have this survey at your website, right? So people can, is it, is it there where they can get Yeah, it? let me clarify that. That's actually not my survey. It's the viacharacterstrengths.org okay. is the website. And we have a link on our website to, to them. And it's, uh, it's a positive psychology um, inspired um, organization. Uh, in fact, Chris Peterson and Martin Seligman, both kind of the the fathers of, of positive psychology, co co-founders, I guess you could say, along with Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, right. the, the author of flow. Those three are kind of the three pillars of the positive psychology um, movement. And that they, uh, Marty and, and Chris came up with the 24, um, 20, 20, yeah, 24 character strengths that identify with six different virtues. And so go to that site, you can take their assessment. It's, it's extremely it's, powerful in knowing what your five key character strengths are. Like for mine, 
mine's the uh, appreciation of beauty, uh, spirituality, leadership, or some of my top key character strengths, but also ideas on how to, how to lean in and, and, and take on new character strengths. Like one I'm working on this year is self-regulation is another key character strength. Um, but it's well, one of the I, longest standing. I would let our. I'd like I let, let like to let our listeners know that it's viacharacter.org. We'll put a link to that viacharacter.org, and it says activate your strengths. You push a button, and I think you can take this character thing for free, um, and literally find out more about yourself. And that's a great opportunity. Uh, for any entrepreneur who's trying to understand and be better at becoming who they would like to become, right? So, yeah. you know, we've seen uh, the, the Carol Dweck's book about grit, right? And probably many of my listeners have already read Angela that. Angela Duckworth as well. She wrote. Or I'm sorry, Angela Duckworth. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. I, yeah. Maybe I maybe I blew who it was. Dweck was. Uh, had a different book, but Angela growth, growth mindset was Dweck. Yeah. 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 So most of the listeners aware of grit, but can you address the five levels of yeah. great of great and how it will help us make more, make us more resilient, right? Because you know, as an entrepreneur that it requires grit, determination, focus, good character to make it through an entrepreneur experience. Um, oh, and actually, this whole concept about grit, it's a very high one on the scale of you surviving your entrepreneur journey. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very significant. <laughs> uh, and I use this word staying power in that law, in the entrepreneur law, because depending on where you're at in, in these five levels, really, the deeper you get, the better staying power you have. And so the first level is curiosity. We'd already talked about that, but we first, when we first um, think of something or we have an idea, we are first, um, you know, curious about it. We first want to understand it. Um, we start doing a little bit of, of, of research about it. We're, um, you know, that curiosity really kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's a powerful concept, I think, you know, to start, you know, to start with that. And then, you know, as we are, as we become more curious, we move into the next, and, and these phases, they happen fairly, fairly quickly, right? Um, you know, as far as just, you know, when it, when, you know, the, the, the third phase being the practice phase, um, passion being the fourth phase, and then calling being the fifth phase is that. As we're moving through there, we often skip from, and I'm sorry, the second phase being interest. So curiosity and interest are really early on. And the interest right. again is going deeper. It's okay, I'm curious, now I'm interested. And then the practice phase is the one that we forget as entrepreneurs. I think, especially younger entrepreneurs, I think the generations might forget that, that before they can really develop the passion for something, they have to practice it for a while. They have to keep doing it and really see if this is something that that they really can um, get passionate about or, or or lean into when it comes to passion. And so again, curiosity, interest, practice, and then you've got the passion phase. 
of, of grit. And that's the one that most of us are in when it comes to our entrepreneurial ventures is that we're passionate about what we're doing. We're leaning into it. It feels right. We get energy from it. But that's not the end. I think there is another phase. I know there's another phase based upon research. And even Angela Duckworth talks about this is that's the calling phase. You can call it purpose, but I like the, the term calling when it comes to entrepreneurs is that when you feel called to something in your entrepreneurial venture, your staying power is so much deeper than anything else. Mm-hmm. And your resolve to get over the humps and the obstacles that come and the uncertainties of entrepreneurship, they just feel like bumps when, you ha- when you're feeling called. You know, to mm-hmm. it. you're like, oh, this is just an obstacle. Get through this and you keep pushing forward. And, uh, and it can be, a, you know, the unhealthy part of that is it can become obsessive. And so we have to make sure we don't, we have other passions. Like I chose cycling as another passion. So I'm not always obsessive about my calling in my profession, but it does help with staying power and with grit. And there's so much science behind that. Well, and I would say I, I wrote a book uh, that goes back to 2017 and I really emphasized how important for an entrepreneur intuition is. But intuition comes from your awareness, your heightened level of awareness as a result of meditation. What are you feeling? Some people are auditory. They hear things. People say, oh, are you hearing something? Yeah, I am. I'm hearing a voice telling me to go do this, or I'm feeling something about this. And I think that if you look at some of the greatest successful people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all these people... They've written about how important it is to cultivate very strong intuition about business decisions and moves and what you would do. And and I just wanted to add that before we talk about your fifth log, uh, your fifth law of entree faith walk. And this was a story you told in the book about your financial advisor, Dale Green, who's not with us anymore, but Dale was somebody who made a big impact on you. And how his words were answers to your prayers. Um, I I felt like in the book, this was really a significant thing for you. Um, So I wanted to profile it here. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And I'll I'll try to keep my emotions in check. Dale, Dale's a, he's still, I still, I still feel, feel that, that man and his words, but he, um, there was a point, and this was in 2015, where, like I mentioned, we were growing, but we're struggling to keep up with the cash needed to continue to grow, right? Right. And my partner and I had a, a minority partner, a great, he's a great friend still, um, Eric Manson, who we were both praying for an answer, like, how were we going to grow to the next level? And out of the blue, my, my good friend, we, Dale and I had been friends for, for several years before that entrepreneur. He had some money that, um, that was in the stock market. He wanted to pull out and needed to put it somewhere. And he's like, Hey, you came to mind. Are you looking for an investor? Are you, you know, it was just the timing was amazing. So that was an answer <laughs> to prayer. And he invested a significant amount into our business but the thing he told me when he gave me that, that, that check, he didn't ask for a profit and loss statement. He didn't ask for anything. He said, Aaron, I want you to know that this is how much I believe in you and what you're doing. And I, I trust you. I invest in the person, not the product is another mm-hmm. thing he told me. Mm-hmm. And 
rarely did he ever ask for a profit and loss statement. He just would ask, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going? How's the business? How's my investment? And th thankfully, we continued to, in 2016, business really took off. And I, you know, in the, in the entrefaith, the first, the crawl part, or I'm sorry, the, not the crawl part, the walk part is faith in others. Mm -hmm. Like the impact that faith, that you putting your faith in your team and the team putting faith in you or, or partner like Dale Green um, makes a world of difference in increasing their own faith. And the run part is obviously faith in God. And I'm, I'm a Christian and, um, but whatever your faith is, whether it's doesn't matter, but the science does show that a faith in a higher power does help with our well-being, does enhance our well-being. And so it's um, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you, but faith in yourself is the first part. Faith in others is the second faith in God, the third, and that kind of encapsulates the entre faith and that second one with dale i i just can't even like emphasize what that did to my confidence as an entrepreneur well so. we along our journey uh, i think joseph campbell talked about this uh many times in his books this journey that we take you know you you venture out and then you don't know who's there and they're going to come along and help like jail's friend did or whoever this person was that loaned you this money. Um, as a result, you it was Dale, it was Dale himself. So it yeah. was Dale himself who gave you the yeah. money. Okay. Yeah. And, and then when he was, said, gave me the check, he's like, I believe in you. I, you know, and right. didn't even ask for a profit and loss. Well, and what's profit. interesting is he was a financial advisor and for a financial advisor to have that much faith in somebody to just give them a check without the financial statement is saying something yeah. very, very high. So, you know, yeah. you, you had a great lesson there and, you know, your book is filled with great stories, great advice, resources. Your website has resources that entrepreneurs could use, but I like to sum these interviews up with three significant points you'd like to make or leave the listeners with um, that they could implement into their life and their business right away. In other words, yeah. what is the takeaway from Entree Thrive that I literally am sitting out here, okay, you guys, I've listened to your interview for 40 some minutes now. What is it that I could take away from this interview with you guys that I could actually implement? Yeah. You know, circling back to your original question, I don't think I answered initially is what is the good life and how do you, how do you accelerate to it? And the good life in the Aristotle terms was the complete life. And it's an, it's a journey rather than a destination though. And the good life is more of a mindset. So the first thing that I would say is, is, is adopt kind of that good life mindset that, you know, what is that? to you, what do you want in life? And those guiding truths would be the first thing I would start with. And that's really the first thing in the book and entre clarity is what do you want to be true about yourself at all times and lean into those truths and have them guide you in your decisions, you know, as you're trying to make business decisions, personal decisions, relationship decisions, those guiding truths will help uh, keep that nice and secure. Cause I constantly come back to my guiding truths. So that'd be the first thing. Um, the, the, the second, and again, surrounding it around the, the, you know, the complete, the good life. Cause that's, that's where I want all the readers to get to is their own version of the good life for themselves. And we talked about those character strengths. I would take that assessment, 
but then I, and I talk about the character strengths in the entre habits law. And the reason I do is that how cool would it be? Like I have the self-regulation character strength that I'm focused on this year. How cool would it be that if self-regulation just ran in the background, I call it the 43% in the book. And, and Wendy Woods wrote a great book called Good Habits, Bad Habits. She did a lot of research on the 43%. And 43% of everything we do when it comes to our habits is unconscious. Mm -hmm. What if we made those character strengths more unconscious, just ran in the background? We have to first make them conscious, but they were just automatic. This part of our lives, part of what our, our, our makeup every day how much better off? And again, going back to the good life, would we have if we did that? You know, I think it would be amazing. Um, the third is, is put it, it, what you could do immediately going back to the entre faith. What Dale did for me is who in your life could use your faith, could use a boost, your children, your spouse, uh, a business partner, um, someone you're mentoring could use a more dose of your faith in them and your belief in them and, and seek them out more than one person and see what the difference that makes for them. And, and then I think it will also help reiterate how important that is for yourself to find, to surround yourself with people who believe in you. They don't agree with everything you're doing. Uh, Dale was certainly not that way either. If he saw something awry, he would tell me, but who really believe in your ability and your potential to figure things out. I think it's well, what I what I think that you do with Entree Thrive, the entrepreneur's eight laws to eliminating unhealthy stress, flourishing personally, and creating the good life, is you give from your experience, Aaron, which is there's so much being someone who's consulted business owner, own their own businesses, is you provide a recipe. Now, that doesn't mean when we get a recipe that we may not want to change it a little bit. Like we want to add a little bit of our ingredients to change the way the bread comes out or the cake or whatever it is. But I want to tell my listeners, this is a great recipe. I interviewed now almost 1,100 people. And I will say that the book reads like Aaron is speaking to you. And that's a huge compliment because a lot of books are not about this personal somebody you know, I always tell somebody if you're in a movie and you're watching the screen and the person next to you whispered something about the movie, like the, the whispering in my ear, they're either whispering something about, oh, that was a cool scene. You know, what'd you think kind of thing? You want somebody who's that whisperer in the movie theater. Uh, and Aaron's book is really that he's whispering in your ear all the way through the book um about what it is that you might want to change to or become so um that's my personal endorsement aaron uh this thank book you so comes much out, Greg. that means a ton it really does that's february the what february 21st okay go to his website you can actually pre-order the book now okay um based on the date that we actually release this podcast uh, go there and he's going to have a special form for us that we talked about that you guys could download. Um, and I want to make sure and go to the viacharacter.org to get your uh, character strengths test. Aaron, namaste to you, my friend. Thanks Thank for everything. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being on Inside Personal Growth. 
sharing your wisdom and your advice and your expertise um, so that people can have the good life. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.